You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Rocks Pile Podcast, part of Fansided Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling. Welcome, everyone, to the Roxpile Rockies Report, brought to you by Roxpile.com. My name is Kevin Henry, one of the co-experts on the site, joined, as always, by my good friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, what is up in the beautiful state of Ohio tonight? It's actually fairly decent weather-wise now. Of course, we're going to be getting snow that Colorado yeah. had a few days ago, but you guys are getting snow, too. So I know. As, as we record this podcast on Monday night... I'm looking out my window. It is coming down heavy here in Northern Colorado. It makes me go, are we really going to have an Astros game on Tuesday at Coors Field Tuesday night as is uh, scheduled? Uh, if you look at the Rockies schedule, there is a quick two-game series bookended by off days uh, this week. Uh, the Rockies are taking on the Astros at Coors Field Tuesday night and Wednesday afternoon, but as we record this, the temperature is dropping. The snow is coming down up to six inches as expected, as well as what could be record lows. So I wonder, based on what we saw in the Mets series, Noah, are we going to have a Tuesday game at Coors Field? Uh, right now, I would say probably not, but who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll deal with a snow delay if we have to. We the, Rockies, the Rockies, though, honestly, they might want a seven-inning doubleheader because two less innings out of the bullpen. Exactly. Four less innings. You know, double dip on Wednesday. I mean, we'll talk about seven-inning doubleheaders in just a minute, but, Noah, we want to make sure before we get too deep into the conversation tonight, uh, we acknowledge our sponsor for the podcast, and you have more information about that. Yep, and the Rocks File Rockies Report is brought to you in part by Earth Echo Foods Cacao Bliss. It's a chocolate that will help you remove cravings, facilitate weight loss, boost your energy, and reduce inflammation, all while being gluten and soy-free, as well as paleo, keto, vegetarian, and vegan-friendly. Currently, they're offering 15% off when you use our promo code MINUTE15 at checkout at earthechofoods.com. Slash Minute Media. That's Minute Fifteen 
at checkout at earthechofood.com slash minute media and start having chocolate the guilty freeway today. And we appreciate their sponsorship, certainly, as the snow comes down here. And we're going to talk about this Astro series coming up. Uh, again, we don't know. Is it going to be a doubleheader Wednesday? Will it be a chilly Tuesday night game? Uh, but we know that if, and that is an if, it goes Tuesday night, uh, that John Gray will take the mound for the Rockies. Uh, you know, and Noah, before we get too deep into this, Let's acknowledge John Gray, likely the most consistent Rockies pitcher so far this year. Yeah, and I mean, the only thing going against him is the lack of run support behind him. Yep. Um, he's one and one with a 287 ERA and three starts, 15 and two thirds innings pitched, 11 hits allowed, five runs, all of which have been earned, uh, seven walks. He struck out 15. Um, and the field and in, in independent pitching, which is independent of ERA um, has him a little bit higher, but still very good FIP 335. Um, so that, that signifies that he's, he's pitching well, not as well as the results have shown, but still very well. Yep. And he is supposed to take the mound Tuesday night or what could be Wednesday for the first game of a doubleheader. Again, if we don't know, but if there's a delay, uh, he'll be matched up against uh, Garcia from the Astros, uh, who has a 2.35 ERA this season. So we'll be interested to see that. And then the second game of the two-game series, Austin Gomber will return to the mound. He of the beautiful 12-6 to curveball, Austin Gomber, that is, uh, with his 3.52 ERA. And Noah, I know we've talked so much about the walks that he started the season with, but since then... Austin Gomber's been pretty rock solid. Yeah, and even before uh, when he was having all the walks, he only allowed two hits and nine and a third innings. But it was it was just the walks. But, you know, I have to make this reference because it was mentioned on the Rockies television broadcast when he last pitched. Um, his curveball, it looks like a few different people of yesteryear, one of which was Scott Sanderson, former Cubs pitcher. Wow. And yeah, you, I know you were a Cubs fan when you were growing up. So obviously you saw, <laughs> that's, that's quite a bit of yeah. but you know who the other one, one of the other ones was I'm Nolan gonna, Ryan. I, I was getting ready to say, I have a feeling. And do you know who he was teammates with? Uh, it seems familiar. Hold on a minute. Uh, Pete Incavelia. That he was, but there's <laughs> another guy that he was a teammate with and you oh. never, ever, have heard him before does it have anything to do with the subaru strike zone could i ask you that question yes okay all right <laughs> now you know it's funny because uh i've actually heard outside of the rockies broadcast a couple of other people talk about nolan ryan's curveball compared to austin gomber's now that's a stretch okay i mean we know nolan ryan and austin gomber in the same sentence is very interesting but the movement the guy gets on his, on his curve has been pretty impressive to watch early on. Especially at altitude, which yeah. Nolan Ryan didn't have to deal with that. But also, too, it made me think with the Nolan Ryan comparison, is that reference or the Josh Fuentes cousin thing, which is less known? If you go recency bias, I think it's the lesser known is the Nolan Ryan, yeah. Jeff Houston. Yep. But if you go all time, 
I think it might be the cousin one that's lesser now. <laughs> that's a race to the bottom is what that is, man. I tell you that much. You know, but but one thing I want to get back to on Gomber is, you know, he he said whenever he first got traded here, and we all know the trade for Arenado that brought Gomber here, he was very quick to say that he did not mind pitching at altitude. And everybody kind of, <laughs> okay, dude, whatever. But I'm going to tell you, he has blended in. Yeah. He has he's thrown well, and and obviously he's going to get another crack at the altitude against an AL team coming in. It's going to be very interesting to watch. And this continues the conversation that you and I have had on past podcasts about this is an important stretch for the Rockies to start the season. These are those games at Coors where we go. Surely the offense is going to hit. Surely these guys are going to break out of their slump. Surely Story's going to finally hit that first homer, and we're still waiting as Houston comes to town. Yeah, and I mean, the Rockies aren't going to hit as bad as they have, as they have a 62 weighted runs created plus. Yeah. Um, which, for if you don't know what that means, that means 38% below league average, and that's adjusted to the ballpark as well. Um, so obviously they're not going to hit that poorly, but also gone are the days where you can say, oh, you just know they're going to hit. Yeah. Not really. No, I mean, I would have loved to have seen, uh, you know, we still like a good cliffhanger. Charlie Blackman coming to plate with the Trevor Story on base, the tying run in the ninth the other day in that finale against the Mets on Sunday. And we know that Story got thrown out trying to steal second. But Charlie had actually looked, dare I say, a little better at the plate during that game. What could Charlie have done if, you know, and is Charlie turning around? I mean, there's so many things that we've got to ask, especially about a guy who has not started out well at all and he's still in the heart of the order for the Rockies. Yeah, and I mean, he has been, quote-unquote, heating up, but I mean, it he couldn't really cool down any further than he was. True. Um, yeah, because yeah, the average is at, I believe, 191 right now, and entering the Mets series, it was, I believe, just above 150. Um, I'd have to double-check on that to see. But, um, but yeah, it's, like I said, it, Hopefully it's a sign he's heating up, but he really couldn't get any colder than he was before. And it's not like he with, for example, with Trevor story, the advanced metrics at least seem to indicate that he was a victim of bad luck, whether it be by exit velocity, which is above league average, the, um, the, the barrel rate was well above league average, nearly double the league average. Um, so his advanced stats show that he he was a bit of a victim of bad luck, whereas with Charlie Blackman, they showed that he was slightly a victim of bad luck, but nowhere near where Story was. So, and by the way, with uh, entering the Mets series, he was hitting 154. So not, as you said, relatively termed heating up. Uh, you know, definitely not like we've seen Charlie hit in the past, certainly not like starting last year like he did, yeah. and certainly not on one of those hot streaks. Could it still happen? Absolutely, it could, but we're not seeing any signs of it right now. And if he does, you know, that's baseball. That's baseball. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, I'll tell you what's baseball, Noah, and we're going to talk about this right after the break. The fact that the Rockies and the Yankees are being talked about in the same sentence, and no, it not, has nothing to do with DJ LeMahieu, Mike Talkman, or pick any other uh, Yankee reference that you like. Uh, but we're going to talk about that right after the break here on the Rocks File, Rockies Report. So Kevin Henry and Noah Yingling back on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report brought to you by RocksPile.com. And Noah, the Mets just left town. They took two out of three from the Rockies at Coors Field. But that other New York team, maybe you've heard of them. Those guys in the, the pinstripes uh, who have quite a few world championships uh, to flutter their, that their stadium. They're having a bad year so far. And the uh, fans and media are having a ball with the Yankees struggling out of the gate. And, you know, the world is ending because they have not won a World Series since 2009. So, frankly, I, MLB just needs to burn it all to the ground. I, not well, even just the Yankees, just every team burn it to the ground. It's well, Dodgers I, it's such a tragedy. Dodgers fans sitting there going, we won a World Series. You know, they don't look at that asterisk, but still, they won a World Series. <laughs> but, but here's, here's what's yeah. – go ahead. I was going to say with the uh, with the Yankees, their their strength was supposed to be their offense, right? And that has been their weakest link so far. So here's what happens on Monday: the Yankees general manager Brian Cashman calls a conference to t- hopefully settle things down, hopefully take the foot off the panic button there a little bit. And one thing I thought was really interesting, Noah, and this is from the New York Post. So this is what Brian Cashman said earlier today. Um, Those individual below average performances, we believe will get corrected over time. We trust our players. We trust our process. The record is something that we're better than. We just have to correct that. Those were reminiscent of some words that we have heard from the Rockies this offseason i thought yeah. you know the fact that this is a better team than people give it credit for this is a team that can win i was like is that just the spin you put on it whenever you know that your team's not doing well i'm, I'm curious uh in a way i think that but also too if you look on paper they have so so much more talent than the rockies it's not even funny sure i mean if you look at look at their offense right now, you have usually if you look by OPS plus, you have uh, Aaron Judge at 140, you have Gary Sanchez at 128, you have DJ LeMahieu at 132. Nobody else who has had more. Well, Brett Gardner has had 31 plate appearances with a 105 uh, OPS plus. So if you exclude him because he's had half the plate appearances of some of the other people, um, if so, let's say 35 plate appearances, you have Sanchez, LeMahieu, and Judge above league average. Jay Bruce just retired because he's been hitting 118. Also, too, playing him at first base. Playing an outfielder at first base who's never played first base before. Where have I heard that? See, there's some similarities here. I'm telling you. Yeah. And instead of getting somebody to, you know, uh, play first base, um, who's, you know, a first baseman or even DJ LeMahieu, who's 
actually going to be pretty much their everyday first baseman, at least as it looks like. But with that too, the Rockies were looking for somebody to play first or second base, and they could have used the Mayhew instead of signing, you know, Daniel Murphy. Yep. Uh, you know, it sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know. And, and let's just put a, a reference point here. So the Yankees are at five and 10, the Rockies are at four and 12. So record wise, there's not much separating them. Now we know, as you said, on paper, the Yankees are a lot stronger team than the Rockies are on a lot of levels, but it's been interesting to me to watch the panic level in New York where things were expected versus what we've seen come out of the game in Colorado, where everybody knew this was going to be a tough season to begin with. Yeah. And part of it is no matter what the Yankees do, there's always going to be just people flocking to them, whether it be MLB network or ESPN or just the local reporters, because a, they're closer to them in proximity but also, too, the Yankees, they have like eight or nine beat writers that travel with the team, sure. where the Rockies, for example, have what, three? Yeah. And and one thing that I I want your opinion on, because we've run a couple of articles on rockspile.com that have talked about that Yankees possibility of trading for Trevor Story and what that could mean for their team. My question to you, Noah, is, a team has gotten off to a very slow start. Does that make a trade possibility less likely or are they more apt to make a big splash because they've got to do something to kickstart their offense? I think it would be the latter. And it's partially because of positionality of who's struggling with them. Glaber Torres is their shortstop and he's, he's struggling offensively, but he's, He's still young and he can very easily go over to second. uh, Yeah. Go over to second base. Um, He's not particularly great defensively either. Um, In fact, he uh, with defensive runs saved, at least on uh, baseball reference, he is last on the Yankees in that department. Um, And the thing is though, their second baseman, the newly acquired Rugnan Odor, he has not played well in a long time ever really ever since he punched Jose Bautista, he's been crap Yep, and putting it lightly. Um, and if you don't believe crap uh, he's played in seven games since he was acquired by the Yankees and he is at 125 with a 192 on base percentage and his numbers with Texas weren't much better. So it was a head scratching move whenever they said that he was going to come over there. I mean, everybody's like, what? I mean, Last year, for reference, too, he hit 167 with a 209 on base percentage. And I get and the, he's 27. He's not, it's not like he's 50. Right. And, and I get that there are times that you say, oh, the guy needs a change of scenery. You know, we've heard that so often, but that was a, when they announced that move, I'm just like, what? You know, I mean, and, and of course he lost the beard, too. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a big thing right there. So, so, I'd be curious to see how much that certainly the Yankees can write the ship. They've got the talent to do that. But if things were to keep going south, does that take away a potential suitor from the Rockies for a story, for a John Gray, for all these guys that we said could be traded uh, before the deadline? 
you know, that that's going to be something that I think I'm going to be watching very closely because with the Yankees out of the mix, potentially, does, does that hurt the Rockies in a bidding war for some of their key, dare I say, trade chips? Yeah, I, I think it does. And I mean, the Yankees right now, one of their other weaknesses is their starting rotation because they have, they have so many guys that outside of Garrett Cole that either haven't pitched well and, or they've just had a ton of injuries. Jordan Montgomery has been on the injured list a lot. Uh, You look at Corey Kluber, he's been out for the last two, three years um, ever since he left Cleveland, really. And Jamison Tyon, who formerly of the uh, Pirates, he has pitched poorly and he's been out the last few years due to Tommy John surgery. And the thing is, Kluber has an ERA north of six. Tyon's ERA is north of seven and a half. So they're really struggling to find starters. So John Gray might, John Gray would be their second starter right now. I think about that. That's very interesting to think about. You know, we talk so much about uh, Trevor, but I, I think that the better that John Gray keeps moving ahead this season, and again, he's got that other start coming up during the Astros series, you know, his value is going to only go up, especially when people also say, well, he pitches at Coors, dot, 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 you know, fill yeah. in fill in there. So, And the thing is, the Coors narrative would, would work for him because, oh, we're ignorant about Coors Field and oh wow he's got a sub three RA and he pitches at Coors Field wow right and oh and we're in uh we're in a battle for a wild card spot with six other teams what sets us apart from those six other teams oh well we're going to trade for Trevor Story and John Gray and the prospects and return as long as the Rockies don't shoot themselves in the foot yet again um prospects in return be damned but again that implies the rockies don't shoot themselves in the foot on that which that's a big implication (laughs) well and 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 let me tell you a conversation that i was having in the press box this weekend while the mets were in town uh sitting there at coors there's a lot of talk and a lot of what if right now that based on what happened with nolan and the return and the flack from around the country that came at Colorado for what they did, which is the, the path of least resistance when it comes to story? Is it trading him for potentially another return that isn't so favorable? Or is it letting him walk at the end of the season and at least getting a draft pick from the qualifying offer? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I agree. I agree. And I, I don't think either one of those does the Rockies well. Uh, so I think you, a good trade would do them well, but that implies that they'll do a good trade. Which... Well, there, there's your option. Uh, it is. But if you get into a situation where, you know, and you've brought up the Francisco Lindor trade quite an article about it, uh, yeah. you know, about what the Rockies could learn from that. If and they again, get a, <laughs> no, but if they make that same mistake again, and again, if, but if they make that same mistake again, I can only imagine the second level of hell that will be unleashed on them. The best mistakes to learn from are from other people's mistakes. And the, uh, for the first time is shame on me. Second, uh, so, but then if you, especially, so this would really be the third time because you could have learned from the Indians. 
could have uh, so you wouldn't have made a bad trade in the first place but especially if you make a second bad trade yeah and and we are you know we've never made any bones about it this is a team that's going to struggle this year we knew that and i think there are very few out there who didn't agree with that outside of the rockies clubhouse okay yeah which i mean i wouldn't expect them to say oh Oh, Kevin, we're a terrible team. Why are you even covering us this year? Of course not. No, they they would actually they should believe in themselves. Absolutely, yeah. uh, you know. But those of us who are supposedly unbiased and, and yeah. can look at the numbers and see it's going to be a tough season. You look at all supposedly unbiased. There's there's some out there with purple pom poms out who yeah. claim that they don't have the purple pom poms out, but they do. But if you look at the record, you look at what they had coming in. This is a team that has to do something before the trade deadline. Yeah. And they've got to also figure out what they're going to do because this is also a team that could not afford injuries and they've been bitten pretty bad by the injury bug. So we're going to talk about that on the next, uh, after the break, uh, we're going to talk about Chris Owens. We're going to talk about Brendan Rogers. We're going to talk about what the Rockies roster might look like moving forward. And, and we maybe... can talk about the seven inning double headers as well. Exactly. We're absolutely going to talk about that next up uh, here on the rocks file Rockies report. And we are back. Kevin Henry with Noah Yingling here on the rocks file Rockies report brought to you by rockspile.com. No, we teased it before the break. Obviously, the Rockies got some really bad news on Sunday uh, when it was learned that Chris Owings was going to be out for a minimum of eight weeks, uh, was put on the 60-day injured list. Uh, He will not be able to return until at least Uh, mid-June. We'll need some surgery on his thumb. So my question to you is, you know, and and a lot of people roll their eyes at Chris Owings, but yet – you look at his two seasons with the, with the Rockies, both times he got off to really strong starts before injuries knocked him out. Yeah. Now they've also got Brendan Rogers, which Bud Black told us last week, he is not close to playing in games. So it's going to be sometime before we see Brendan Rogers out there. So you've got Alan Trejo, good friend of the podcast came on with us. You've got Garrett Hampson as kind of that versatility guy. And I really wonder if CJ Crone continues to struggle, at what point do we see a Colton Welker or somebody else break into this lineup just to hopefully give them a little bit of a kickstart? Yeah. And with Welker too, he can play third and first. So he can, at least while Rogers is out, the McMahon, Fuentes, and Welker can play some combination of third and, and first. And McMahon can also play second. Um, but you might see more of Alan Trejo, even yep. at third or at second. Um, and especially Sam Hilliard has not been tearing the cover off the baseball either. Might be seeing more of Hampson in center. He is definitely cooled off since the start of the season. Um, when it, once he gets on, he's a threat. But the problem is, as we know, is getting on base. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing where, like with Chris Owings, I mean, rag on him all you want, but he, he started off this season really well. And last year, he, he started off slow in the first few games, but then uh, what he had 
he started one game and then he had three uh, pinch hit appearances um, or defensive replacement appearances. And then starting in the month of August, he is starting August 1 through, let's see, probably August 7th. So this is like the second week of the season. He hit 400 that week, eight for 20 with a double, a homer, three RBI and three walks. He started to cool off thereafter and then he got injured, but, um, and then he was out the rest of the year. But one other thing with Owings happened last year, happened this year has happened with Rogers now. And I think the fans are very upset about it is they've been upset about a lot of things lately. The Rockies misdiagnosed them again, at least, uh, at least publicly they have because Rogers was okay. We're encouraged that he'll be back here in the, like the next week or so. They, they didn't give a specific timeline, but that that's what seemed to be the timeline. It's been over a month now. Owings last year, he got injured at the end of August. His last game played was August 19th and Oh, he'll be out and he'll be ready for the, uh, he'll be ready to come back before the season ends. He wasn't. And he was, he was out for the rest of the season and he missed a few months in the off season. And now they've got it again where he's going to be out for two months now. So I, that, that's something that's definitely plagued the Rockies is at least publicly saying being very optimistic. And then, uh, no. Yep. And, and I want to go back to a point that you made just a minute ago, because it's really worth talking about right now, you know, Owings was the guy who could play infield or outfield, like yep. like Garrett Hampson. And you mentioned that Sam Hilliard has struggled mightily to start the season. And so with Hilliard not able to really take over some time in center field, with Owings now on the 60-day IL, you're right. That leaves a lot of playing time in center field for Garrett Hampson. Yep. And or so- possibly Jonathan Daza. Mordaza, absolutely. Who, by the way, very interesting, has really come through as kind of their pinch hitting guy uh, in, in a very strange way. Uh, and, and there was some talk, you know, dare I say, there was some talk about how Pat Valleca had his great run as a pinch hitter at one point. And is Daza shaping into that guy who can come off the bench, hit a sacrifice fly, hit a pinch hit, whatever it might be. He kind of showed a little bit of that in the Mets series. And the thing with Hilliard too, if you look at his stats, he, he hasn't played enough games to qualify for anything, but he's hitting 103 with a 161 on base percentage. And you look at, for example, if you look on StatCast at his numbers, his weighted on base average is 214. There's no blue mark there. The blue meaning bottom 10% of the league but it's at 214. Josh Fuentes is a blue mark and he's bottom 4% of the league at 210. So Hilliard's probably bottom five, if he five or six, if he qualified there. Um, You look at the exit velocity, 84 miles an hour. Garrett Hampson is at 84.9 miles per hour and he is in the bottom 10. So Hilliard, he would definitely be in the, bottom five percent if he qualified there his hard hit rate is 25 percent league average is more than 35 percent 
Garrett Hampson is at the same exact amount as Hilliard. He's at bottom six. So Hilliard, if he were to qualify, he'd be in a lot of these bottom 10%. And the Rockies already have a lot of that. They have a few with Hampson. They have a lot with Josh Fuentes. He's been great defensively. He's not great offensively. And if you heard us this winter, you and you read our articles too, you knew that because even last year when he quote unquote hit well, the the advanced numbers said he had a lot of good luck. He has not had that this year. It's really been the same guy. It's just he's had a lot less luck. And they've had other guys too. Rymel Tapia, exit velocity, bottom 9%, hard hit rate, bottom 7%. He's, there's a lot of guys that have a lot of blue or would have a lot of blue on there if they qualify. Well, and it goes back to that 62. Uh, I think that was the number, right? The 62 uh, RWC. Yep. Or- WRC, yeah, yeah, the weighted runs created plus. And also, too, their on-base percentage is, is a team, 270. Oof. Dead last in baseball. That's going to be tough. Dead, dead last. So, you know, you look at the way that the roster is constructed now. You look at, you know, we, we were talking about this a little bit in the press box the other day. If you needed a pinch hit, and if your bench right now is Jonathan Daza, Sam Hilliard, Dom Nunez slash Elias Diaz, and uh, Alan Trejo. Who are you calling on in that situation? I mean, a million dollar question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 again, Daza Daza came through some, so Daza may be carving himself as that first go to guy off the bench in a situation. And no disrespect to Jonathan Daza, but if that's your first guy off the bench, you have a massive problem. problem. That's a problem with the bench. It absolutely is. And you look at his numbers. First off, when your on-base percentage is below your batting average, that is a massive, massive problem. Um, Secondly, in now, granted, he's only had 20 at bats, 21 plate appearances. He has zero barrels. So obviously that's well below league average, considering he has zero. His hard hit rate is half of league average. His exit velocity, if he qualified, would be among, if not the worst in baseball, it would be within the bottom few in baseball. His launch angle is good, but his uh, the expected stats for him would be 232 on base, uh, 232 batting average, 247 on base, 269 slugging. Is, you really want that in your top bat on the bench. Well, and I want to go to a point that you mentioned a minute ago, and let's let's kind of focus on those seven-inning doubleheaders, okay? We talked a little bit about that and how that could benefit the Rockies because if your starter can go a ways, it takes away from the bullpen and the uncertainties that there might be there. It also takes away from the fact that that bench that you kind of got some questions marks about, maybe it doesn't come into play as much as it does in a longer regulation game. Yeah, and guess what? If your pitcher goes a complete game, you don't have to put in a pinch hitter for him. No. Nope. And you don't have to bring in the bullpen. There's your uh, your two weakest things right there are gone in a seven-inning game. 
it's actually not bad to think about. And I know there's a lot of folks out there that who do not like the seven inning double headers, uh, you know, and I'll ask your opinion on that, Noah, but uh, you know, I will tell you from the Rockies perspective, it's not a bad, not a bad double dip right there to avoid those two things. I like it from a Rockies perspective, but I, I don't like it from a fan perspective, particularly if you have uh, separate admittances. Okay, yeah. so uh, we're we're gonna instead of if somebody else bought the same ticket for the same price, but they're gonna get two more innings than you do. Yeah, that I don't like. But if you do have a single admittance, then I mean, you really can't complain about that because you're still getting five more innings than a regular game. But um, especially with the current attendance that it is, which hopefully here in the next few weeks and or months it'll be going up more. Um, but that's, that's something where I think that players like it, media people like it because especially if, if for example, on Wednesday, it's going to be, it's going to be close to freezing there at Coors Field. Do you want to be there for 14 innings or do you want to be there for 18 innings? Yep. Yeah. And, and I will tell you Saturday, I, I looked down and I was like, wow, we're done. I mean, and I love baseball. I absolutely do. But I will tell you, I was really surprised how quick that those games went along. Now, when DeGrom is striking guys out left and right, that speeds the game along pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Also, too, if the Rockies just go swing, 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 see ya, then that, that, also, that, yeah. that also helps that. Yeah, and we do not know, again, you know, as we record this on Monday night, Noah, the whole time we've been talking, I'm looking out my window. It has not let up. I'm telling you, it is coming down like crazy. The roads are covered. I'm probably going to have to go back outside and knock off some of the wet snow off my trees here after we're done. Uh, I will be surprised if they play tomorrow night. Uh, but who knows, you know. Uh, I, I thought they'd play Friday and they didn't, so yeah. I, yeah. Well, the thing is, too, for the doubleheader reason, the Rockies will not be crying if they have to play a doubleheader. Right. And Houston won't be either. And we'll talk about why they will like it on the other side of this break. And we're back here on the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Noah Yingling and Kevin Henry here with you. And we were teasing at the end of the last break how the Astros would like a seven inning doubleheader and that's because the games would be postponed to Wednesday and that's because they've had some players out due to COVID and that includes some of their everyday people including Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez who is their designated hitter so obviously he won't factor as much into the series Um, and they have a few other guys out as well. As of now as we're recording this, Altuve is still going to be out. He's not going to even travel with the team. But Bregman, Alvarez, and the others could, as long as they pass their tests in Denver, because they're already in Denver, um, they will be activated before the game, of whatever day of the first game is played, yep. as of now. And, and another thing that you mentioned about if if they play a doubleheader on Wednesday, the Rockies have an off day on Thursday. The Astros, I believe, go home uh, to start a series. Yes. Uh, so, uh, Angels. 
against the Angels on Thursday, uh, Thursday evening. So, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world for either team. Uh, it's not like, a, you know, a getaway day, you know, and then they've got to go play a day game in San Francisco like they did last time. So, yeah. And the thing is, the same thing is with them, with their rotation. Um, they, for their rotation, they, before they signed Jake Odorizzi um, late, and I believe it was in spring training, um, he struggled with them in his two starts, but he started with them the regular season late. Um, their their rotation has not been stellar, but also too part of it is because Lance McCullers Jr. he was out due to COVID, um, and he hasn't pitched well. And in the interim, their relievers have not been great. Um, their closer Ryan Presley has done well, six scoreless appearances. Um, Ryan Stanek, who is the first guy who is the opener for the Rays, the first ever opener for the Rays, is now in the Astros bullpen. He's pitched well. But then you have other guys like Joe Smith, who has an ERA north of 14 and a half. You have Blake Taylor, who is now on the injured list. He had an ERA north of six and a half. Brooks Raley has an ERA of nine. Brian Abreu has an ERA of five. So it would be it would be less work on their bullpen as well. So I don't think they'd be necessarily heartbroken if they had a doubleheader too. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see. Um, it, it will, and we, you know, you alluded to it a minute ago as well. It'll also be interesting to see what kind of crowd comes out, uh, knowing that, you know, again, we're, this will not be the most pleasant uh, weather at all. It's looking great for this weekend when the Phillies come to town for three games, uh, but Tuesday and Wednesday are looking a wee bit nippy here in the Centennial State, shall we say. Yeah, and it's, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's going to be snowing here too. So, you know, what, what does any American or really anybody in general, love at the end of april that is just buckets and buckets of snow absolutely you know how can but you not I, love it but i i'm just gonna tell you as, as a colorado guy i'm like this is this is what we signed up for when we move here when we live here snow in april just now fun. however for me I, I can't speak for out there for me like for example last year at christmas christmas was 70 degrees yep but then we got a foot of snow in April. I have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up for that. I hear you. Nope, I get it. <laughs> One of the first things we heard was don't plan anything before Mother's Day. And I'm telling you, that has been some of the best advice we've gotten here in the, the great state of Colorado. And so. the thing is, too, I've got some apple trees. And I was like, please don't bud. Please don't bud. Oh, they, don't. they decided to bud yesterday. Eh, typical. Of course. <laughs> oh, no, we've, we've got, uh, you know, daffodils and all sorts of stuff. So anyway. All right. So Noah, uh, I will be at Coors Field for both games, whether it's Tuesday and Wednesday or both on Wednesday. So certainly we will have some updated articles on rockspile.com. You know, Noah, every day we put at least up one new article. Uh, and that's, yep. that's kind of our commitment to the Rockies readers. Man. Yeah. And we've had more than one article up every day for, probably four years now it's been at least three yep no so, it has it has been but so before we do go though i do want to ask you what are some things for the rockies that you're going to be looking forward to uh, in the series whether or not it's two single games of yep. nine innings or a doubleheader 
All right. Uh, I will say that obviously I'm going to be looking to see if Gray and Gomber can kind of keep that momentum going as starters. We've talked about how important that is uh, for the starting pitching to go deep. I'm also going to be looking right. Max in a little bit of a funk uh, at the moment uh, during the Mets series. So is he going to be, is that just a little hiccup or is that something we've got to watch a little closer? And then you mentioned it a minute ago, Josh Fuentes. I will tell you, nobody plays the more game with plays the game with more joy and is more fun to watch from a defensive perspective. Rymack and Fuentes this year have been incredible on defense, but if he doesn't start getting the offense going soon, they're going to have to figure out something else to do at third base. Yeah. And they, they definitely have plenty of options, whether it's McMahon or Trejo or Welker. Um, and when, another thing I am going to be looking forward to is the veterans. Can Story get his first home run? Mm-hmm. Uh, can Crone finally break out? Will Charlie Blackman heat up a little bit more than just single hits in the last three games? Um, will we see a three for four game with a double and a homer or something like that from him? Um, so, And then the bullpen as well especially if it's two nine-inning games, the the Rockies are going to need the bullpen. And Daniel Bard, I'm not necessarily concerned about, but the others I am. And the, the, thing, with, the thing with the Rockies' bullpen is, and, or really with anything in general, if you, if, if you predict something, oh, I, I think this guy is – I don't see something right with him. He's going to be – he's going to give up a run or two. Okay, that's one thing. But if – pretty much any time you go to the bullpen and I can tell you, oh, they're going to blow it, that's not a good sign. No. And, and uh, you know, uh, Nathaniel Sunshine wrote an article this weekend about the Rockies' bullpen – uh, and some of the issues that there've been there, obviously we've talked about it on the podcast. So you're right. That's going to be something to watch. The pitching is always something to watch whenever it comes to the Rockies. Uh, but unfortunately now we've got to watch and see, as you said, can story Blackman, Crone, Fuentes, so many others break out and, and come through when they are needed. And since we were just talking about snow, I literally just got a notification on my phone, heavy snowfall alert for tomorrow night. So well, you can watch the Rockies from Ohio, and uh, we'll see if I'm at Coors Field or uh, I'm sitting here figuring out what to do with a free Tuesday night. We'll figure it out. So, Yeah. Yep. Noah, as always, thanks. Appreciate your time, my friend. Yep. Thank you. And we, again, appreciate Earth Echo Foods for being a sponsor. And, Noah, what is that uh, promo code one more time, my friend? Minute 15 at earthechofoods.com slash minute media. There you go. All right. Well, we're looking forward to what happens the rest of this week with the Rockies. We'll be back soon to talk about what has been and what will be with the boys in purple. But until then, go Rockies. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.